not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast, the podcast where we get real about all our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. With me, as always, is my French-inspired co-host, Sam. Choo-choo! And this week, Chris, we're talking all about Snowpiercer, the Netflix TV series, the adaptation of the Bong Joon-ho film. But before that... We have a little bit of news and bits and bobs to talk about, right? Just a little bit. Just a little little bit. bit. This is a bit of a new-ish format of show. We're going to do something called First Impressions, where we're basically going to take something like a TV series, and we're going to watch the first two episodes, two or three episodes, depending on how long they are, and we're going to give our impressions and see whether it is worth watching and going ahead with it basically just saves us waiting until the series has finished before we talk about it as a whole it means we can get on it while it's hot yeah and if people are interested we can carry on talking about it absolutely and it means we can go spoiler heavy for the first two episodes so you don't need to worry about too much in the series being spoiled for you and then Mm -hmm. we might follow this up if we decided that it is worth a watch we might follow it up with a more in-depth review of the whole series right do you want to move us on to some of the little bits of news that we've got to talk about before we get on to topic Following on from the last episode about the Snyder Cut, Henry Cavill will now be returning as Superman to the DCEU. It's officially been named that now, according to HBO Max anyway. He has now signed a contract to make cameo appearances and supporting roles in other films. We're not sure about a new lead Man of Steel film yet. But yeah, Henry Cavill's back. Do you reckon um, this is leading up to maybe a shazam 2 or the black adam film maybe so the rumors are at the moment that the cameos might be in shazam 2 after shazam 1 left us with a headless superman for a body double or aquaman 2 because they're the two sequels that are currently in the works Mm -hmm. there's still rumors flying around about a supergirl film so people are thinking that might be the supporting role because that was one of the ones slated originally yeah after the justice league trilogy i think they were going to do supergirl i think it's really tough to recast superman i think it's one of the harder jobs because as of us anyway like henry cavill is the modern superman he is today's superman it's it's he mm-hmm. he was born for that role really a bit like how he was born for Geralt of rivia in the witcher series it's just absolutely made for him when i picture superman now i either picture a cartoon version in my head or a picture Henry Cavill, like like you said, he, he was crafted by the gods to be Superman, yeah. wasn't he? Plus he's got a right. absolutely disgusting Warhammer habit that he needs to fund, and that's not, an, <laughs> that's not a cheap hobby. It's definitely not. We know that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lockdown is being spent well. <laughs> Plastic crack, as some people call it. There you go. Henry Cavill's yeah, one like, of us. <laughs> one of us one of us yeah so we have no word on a man of steel 2 yet but i think that's probably going to be the next thing to be announced probably down the line they're probably just because i don't think there's probably even a script for it i know it's 
Zack Snyder had a couple ideas of where he would have taken Man of Steel 2, but there's no script or anything, so I don't think they're ready to announce or say that he's getting his own solo film on that anytime soon. They may want to see how something like the the Schneider? The Schneider Cut. (laughs) Schneider. The Rob Schneider Cut. (laughs) The Schneider Cut is received maybe before they start talking about him jumping onto like a Man of Steel 2 project and stuff, so... Yeah, I think the one thing that everybody agrees on is the f- is like how solid Henry Cavill's been. Like the like we always say, the casting's solid in this franchise. It's just too much messing about, too many fingers in the pie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, we we know but, this. We know our our absolute rule on it is leave the directors to direct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's good news. Also, in the Henry Cavill rumor mill at the moment, the rumors being spread this week are that he is potentially in the runnings to be playing Wolverine, making an appearance in Captain Marvel 2. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's hogwash, to be honest with you. I think it's absolute bull. I think it was just people like, well, Henry Cavill's in like the limelight and stuff like this for the Snyder Cut, and obviously he was, his contract was up in the air because this dropped the, literally the day before we heard rumours that he was in talks to sign a new contract and then the day after he had signed a new contract yeah i think it was people just while they had the chance just throwing out wild speculation there to get clicks maybe getting a bit overexcited maybe i mean yeah henry cavill would make a great wolverine as well yeah i mean like, it's not like we wouldn't like, want to see henry it. cavill would make a great comic book cam- uh, character in general you give him any comic book character he would probably nail it because he's got the physique yeah, and he's got the range almost. Yeah, and plus the vibe I get from Henry Cavill is he always like puts everything into his characters, doesn't he? He's like he's a big he's a big nerd, really, isn't he? He is a big nerd. So yeah. like things like The Witcher and stuff. He read The Witcher. He read the books. He you know he played the games and stuff. And for Superman, he was reading comic books. It's a bit like how Zachary Levi like went full in on Shazam. He's got that similar kind of drive, haven't they? From what we see, yeah, say. yeah. So I think, yeah, I'd I just chuck him into anything. Chuck him in anything. I think he loves playing characters that he can delve into stories of, like anything with like a mythos behind him, anything that he can read up on. Like even when he was in uh, Immortals and stuff like that, he was playing like one of the demigods from. Greek mythology and stuff like that. So, like, he loves characters that he can do research on beforehand. Mm. Mm. Would you um, want to see him as Wolverine, or would you? Have you got another actor in your head that you feel he would be a great Wolverine? But and what a better role to put him in him in the MCU as well. I'm not saying like I'm one of these weird people where I want my actors separate because there are plenty of crossover and stuff like that, but they're not in like lead roles. But I don't, I don't know. Like, like we said, he is Superman for me now. Mm. So I don't really want him to be anything else because like, it was sort of like muddy the waters a little bit. Like Chris Evans had the time between like Cap- Captain America and Human Torch. I nearly said Captain Torch. Like, Captain Torch. <laughs> Captain Torch. It's <laughs> <laughs> just made out of plastic with two double A's shoved in his back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Same powers as the Human Torch though. He makes yeah. a lot of light and heat. <laughs> Gotta change those batteries every now and then though. Swap them over yeah. with his rechargeables. He's a very environmentally yeah. conscious human torch. Yeah, when he was first created in the forties, he was a wind up version of himself. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I would probably look at somebody else just so that you got more people doing more roles and stuff like like he is synonymous with Superman now. He is our generation Superman. 
there was a really strong rumour that Taron Edgerton could have been Wolverine. I think a lot of people were going along with that as like a fan casting. I do like him as an actor. I don't see him as Wolverine. I think there's plenty of other... I think he would make a better Cyclops. Mm. Or something like that. Also, like the main thing about this rumour that like is bugging me, why would Wolverine first appear in Captain Marvel 2? Like, I know Captain Marvel in the history of the comics has had a tie to the X-Men, but it's only a very small tie. Like, that's how Rogue got to fly and stuff like that. She stole some of Captain Marvel, well, Ms. Marvel at the time's powers. I mean, sometimes they'll say this and it'll end up being like a bloody post credit sequence or something, you know what yeah. I mean? So just to tie everything in and get you excited yeah. for the next thing because these films are quite far down the line i think when we start to get the x-men and the fantastic four and stuff implemented into the mcu i think it's a little bit further down the line but we will I'm see to, we will see i try to remember who people are saying for like wolverine casting. Uh, tom hardy taron edgerton um but you can, i don't think charlie gonna, hunnam yeah we'll i don't think you're Someone's gonna put have... daniel radcliffe <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I don't think you'd get Tom Hardy anyway because no. of the casting in Venom's too close. It's too close. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I'm seeing uh, Scott Eastwood was a name getting thrown around for a while as well. Mm, I've got faith in Marvel anyway. More recently, yeah. So that yeah, means... they're definitely like they nail most of the casting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Ne- okay. Next little bit of news <laughs> or just an interesting topic to talk about. On one of the f- recent episodes, we talked a little bit about the Tenet trailer and how there's a giant plane at the end crashing into a building. We were a little bit on the fence of whether that was going to be real or CGI, but it was confirmed. Uh, over the last few days that it is a real plane crashing into a real building so christopher nolan loves doing as much as he can in camera so in the dark knight trilogy like all of that was in camera the truck flips the hospital explosion like they thought that wasn't going to happen to begin with that's why you see heath ledger's reaction to it being the what he is Mm. like he's just rolling with it like it's meant to blow the hospital like they've got this entire abandoned hospital which they rigged to detonate and it wasn't going off. So yeah, like as much as he can do in camera, he will do. So it doesn't surprise me that this is real. It was just a bit like, surely, surely they haven't got an entire 747 somehow rigged it to drive into a hangar without somebody being in it and exploding it. They probably have, when they shoot these scenes, they're probably like, right, whatever you do, if it doesn't go to plan, just stay in your role. Do not go out of role while the cameras yeah. are, are rolling, because if we fuck this up, it's going to be on your head. It's going to come out of your salary. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, speaking of other weird in-camera things that people are trying to do, so have you heard that Tom Cruise is trying to get a film off the ground where it's filmed actually in space? I have heard this, yes, and it is the most Tom Cruise thing that I think I've heard of recent time. Because yeah. it's just like how he does his own stunts. Of course he wants to do a film in space. In the last Mission Impossible, he was flying the helicopter himself. He was doing like corkscrews in a helicopter, which you need like 80 plus or like 100 plus hours of flight training to do. And the one before that, he, the film started with him hanging off the side of an aircraft yeah. as it actually took off. Yeah. So it it's only the next logical step that he would want to go to space and shoot in zero gravity and stuff. Well, he already did zero gravity, didn't he, for The Mummy. 
yeah, when the plane I was mean, crashing. Where else but up, eh? They have now found the director for that. It's going to be Edge of Tomorrow's Doug Lyman. <laughs> okay, action film in space with Doug Lyman and Tom Cruise. Why the hell not? Why aren't IMAX selling tickets for that already? Because <laughs> that's going to sell out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be nuts. So it's probably not going to be another Mission Impossible film then, is it? No, no, because that would probably be Chris McQuarrie directing that. Yeah. All right. Well, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a big deal when it comes out. And I'm, I think you said to me earlier when we were chatting about this that SpaceX are teaming up with this as well. Yeah. So Tom Cruise is working with Elon Musk and SpaceX to be able to get a rocket into some sort of atmosphere. It says outer space, but I think it'll probably be the upper atmosphere, sort of like the edge of the atmosphere space station type thing like what those privileged rich people can go on those flights that you can uh pay like a thousand like a couple of thousand dollars to go on and it just takes you up probably zero gravity yeah. experience for a little bit you know yeah so it's going to be more than the the vomit comet or whatever it's called comet. where <laughs> yeah the the plane that simulates zero g but you don't need an oxygen mask it'll probably be like in the upper atmosphere so that you get weightlessness and you can see the horizon and stuff knowing tom cruise you probably will need an oxygen mask and he just won't use one (laughs) tom cruise will just be like do you know what we're not really getting the shot that we're looking for here can we just like go to mars and film this be like take me to the edge of death and then bring me back it's fine (laughs) yeah so in don't worry i'm a mummy with four pupils it's fine (laughs) so our last thing to talk about before we get onto snowpiercer is the rumour that we had of Kate Blanchett being casted as Lilith for the Borderlands film. Uh, Borderlands yep. is the video game. If you've not checked it out, give it a quick Google search. And yeah, that is actually confirmed news now. So I would say this is a big deal for a video game movie to actually officially have someone like Kate Blanchett attached to it. Absolutely Yeah, I huge. think it's a super good get for it. And like Eli Roth's directing as well. Yeah, it's really good like really good like obviously a performance in bloody thor ragnarok was spot on she's she's just gonna nail it like she's an oscar winner for a reason yeah absolutely you know what i mean like who else do you get and we posted a little photo on our instagram as well of just how perfect she actually is for this casting it's spot on yeah that was that was like a month ago when it was rumored wasn't it or she was in talks yeah, and I think it's going to be a real fun Mad Maxi kind of film as well. So I can't wait for that. My question for you, Chris, for those Borderlands fans that we have listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's combine Kate Blanchett with as Lilith with another three Vault Hunters that we know from the Borderlands series because we play okay. that game. So yeah, yeah. So which Vault Hunters would you want to see in this film? The first one that I instantly went to was Flack, because Flack's really cool from the Borderlands 3. Have a, like a sassy robot character with like a, like the tames animals type thing. Yeah. may not need his animal companions, but just having like a cool robot guy on the team would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like your Groot stand-in or your Chewbacca maybe. I would maybe say Brick as well and like get like a Dave Bautista or a Tom Hardy or something to play Brick would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like Zero, but we've already got one mask guy with Flack, so we don't need a second masked guy. I would probably say one of the Sirens then, maybe like Maya or Amora or something, or maybe get like a few of the Sirens in there, because there's quite a few in the canon, maybe not even some of the playable ones, just get loads of Sirens in there, make it all about the Sirens. Yeah, yeah, so was Lilith in Borderlands, the original Borderlands? 
Yeah, she was the original Siren you played as. So she was with like Mordecai and stuff like that, wasn't she? Mordecai, Brick, Brick and Roland. Yeah. yeah. So either you go for that original lineup because they're probably the easiest people to actually cast where you don't have to go crazy with the outfits and stuff like that. Um, so that is one look at it. If I was to combine my choice of Vault Hunters, I would have Lilith. I would then chuck in Krieg the Psycho because just that would okay. be so funny to see on screen. I'd then pick Zero the Assassin. He is a very funny, cool character. Zero's cool. Yeah. And then it's a tough one, really. I mean, I would probably pick someone like Flack or Mordecai, but I know we have to have a claptrap. That was a given. Like I was thinking like having psychos and claptraps and like all your NPCs like Moxie and stuff like that. I was just taken as a given. Yeah. That's why I didn't choose Claptrap, because I was like, I know he's a playable character in the character in the pre sequel, but I was like, nah, like Claptrap's his own thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Right. Let's Who would you get to voice Claptrap? Would you get the original guy or would you get like a good comedian then maybe? I think you'd have to go for the original voice actor. And I don't think that the voice actor for Claptrap would shun away any work to do Claptrap. Oh, just no, seems, he would definitely do it. Yeah, it just seems like such a fun role. And I would just look forward so much to just like the crazy things that like psychos say. And funny. Who would you have as the villain in it then? Oh, you could have Handsome Jack. I was thinking Handsome Jack, like that would work so well for a film. Or maybe for the first one, you have like some like stupid psycho or some bandit leader or another vault hunter turns out to be the bad guy or something like that and then at the end you have like a teaser for someone massive like handsome jack or something that'd be pretty cool maybe but i don't know if you maybe just like almost try and put all your eggs in one basket just to make this like a shit hot comic book film to make sure that you get a good comic book film out of it. Yeah, it's just a shame because everyone everyone wants to make a, uh, you know, everyone wants a franchise, don't they? So uh, make it Crazy Earl. Make Crazy Earl a bad guy. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Yeah. Right, that's enough. That's enough Borderlands talk. We've we've allowed ourselves that. So we're going to talk Snowpiercer. We're going to talk the first two episodes. And yeah, we're talking all about Netflix's Snowpiercer. So where do we start, Chris, with Snowpiercer? I reckon we just talk about the episodes for now as they are and then maybe compare them to the film after that. Let's give a little bit of context then. So there was the film from 2013. 13. So, not massively old, really, in the grand scheme of things. No. But it was a film by Bong Joon-ho, who you may know from Parasite. The Uh, master himself. Yeah, absolute genius. And it is an adaptation of that film on a TV series, basically. It's very, very I'm trying to figure out if this is more of a adaptation of the graphic novel the original french graphic novel because it seemed to have a lot more french influences like french music and stuff like that and a couple french characters in there yeah Um, but i haven't read it so i don't know well i've not read the graphic novels i didn't to be honest with you i didn't even know this was based off a graphic novel yeah it's based off a french graphic novel called le transpersantage but i don't speak french (laughs) but it came out in the 80s and then after the film came out like it got 
English adaptations and it's got sequels and prequels and everything to it, like proper fleshing out the universe and stuff. Yeah. I think this actual series is very, very split down the middle. When you when you Google Snowpiercer for Netflix, which I've had to do a fair bit of to figure out <laughs> who people were in this film, because I was like, I know them from somewhere. IMDB rated it 6.1. Yeah, and it seems a little bit torn. Like a lot of pl- a lot of places are doing. Like, did you prefer the original or do you prefer the new one? So it's almost like people yeah. are a bit in the middle, which makes it interesting when you watch it because there's parts of this I can see why. There's parts of it where I have to sell myself that you you know you've not seen the original Snowpiercer, so it's a weird one. It's a weird one. However, let's get straight into it. So, I mean, episode one is very much like a bit of a world building. I like how mm-hmm. it, give, it gives you a little bit of uh, context as to why this train is a thing and what's happened in the world and why it's happened, which I think it kind of breezes over a little bit in the Snowpiercer movie, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got just like a um, written text at the beginning mm-hmm. explaining like what happened to obviously get us on board the snowpiercer yeah whereas in this like it gives us very much the style of the artwork from the graphic novels is what it gives us Mm. um it's a nice little like recap and then the way that merges seamlessly into the actual action starting yeah quite a nice intro to be fair yeah i kind of liked how it was like an animated thing into a into the live action it just kind of catches you off guard when it changes doesn't it Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. So, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, and you've not seen the film, and you've not seen a trailer for this, Snowpiercer is basically, as an elevator pitch, is a film based on class. It's about the world's kind of gone to shit. It's basically in another ice age, and the train is the Snowpiercer, and this is where the last of humanity is. The poor people are at the back. The richer middle-class people are across the rest of the train, and it is all about how two of these characters are trying to work through it, I suppose. It's about that. That's the big enough yeah. plot, isn't it, yeah. without going in too heavily. We're not going to mention any spoilers for things that happen in the film because we don't want to risk spoiling anything that happens in the TV show. It's literally just based off the first two episodes is what we'll talk about. So yeah. um, I think the first thing as well, now that we gave a little bit of context, is the cast in this. What did you think about the cast? So a lot of the cast in this, I've not really seen much of their work before. Jennifer Connelly I've seen plenty of. And she's fantastic in it, I think. I think she's, like, definitely selling the role. Yeah. David Diggs, I believe is how you pronounce his name, uh, who plays Andre. He's our lead. Uh, So he's replacing the Chris Evans character from the film. Mm -hmm. He seems pretty good in this. I haven't seen anything else that he's done. So he's not been in too really much. Know. To be fair, I think he's only been in a couple of things. He's done a couple of voiceover stuff. So he's been in Ferdinand, and he was also in Zootopia. Yeah. Uh, as of recently, I mean, he was, you know, he was. He always oh, a voice in Star Wars Resistance, which is pretty cool. Okay, cool. He was in Velvet Buzzsaw, so he's not really done anything like big on Netflix or anything as such. It's all been, yeah. In terms of films, it's been voiceover work. So. I was impressed, to be fair. I was... It's a tough one. I don't know whether he beats 
the Chris Evans character. I think Chris Evans takes it away from me because of it being Chris Evans. I think a lot of people are judging very quickly as well. Like, so basically, the events of what happened in these two films, like uh, two episodes, sorry, barely even scratches the surface of what happens in like the first five minutes of the film. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. So it's very different, like. And to be honest, that's kind of why I liked this a bit more was because it's such a different take. Like, I don't know where this series is going to take it. Yeah. To to give you an idea, there's a bit where... So basically, the way that they... They don't, they don't kill the people in the rear carriage. They stick their arm out of a train, freeze it, and then smash it with a hammer. Uh, and mm-hmm. they take one of their arms. That happens in episode two of this. And it happens in, like, the first five minutes of the film. So yeah. to give you a bit of an idea of the pacing of it, but yeah, in terms of cast, there was quite a few faces in here that I recognised that I was like, I've seen them before, but it took me a while to like figure out who they were. So yeah. Stephen Ogg, and I've recognised straight away, he's the guy who is Trevor in the Grand Theft Auto series, but he yeah. was also in Breaking Bad. The Walking Dead. And Bra- and, yeah, and Walking Dead as well. Mm-hmm. There's also, uh, I can't think of the guy's name who plays him, but Hector Salamanca from Breaking Bad was in here as well. Yeah. Which yeah. threw me off when he was talking and not dinging a bell. Like, I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> See, I've seen him in a few other things where he does talk, so I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of okay with it. But like, he, he's like so rarely in stuff whenever you see stuff you're like this guy's a great i don't know he's been working in the industry for years as well oh yeah he's seasoned uh timothy murphy was in here as well he's a commander that shows up in the second episode he's a real good actor he's almost like the long lost win of the is it Viggo mortenstein is that right Viggo mortenson yeah that's it sorry aragorn aragorn yeah he's like the more seasoned looking aragorn they look very similar. I, d- I don't remember ever seeing him in anything, but like now that you've said that he reminds me of Virgo Mortensen, I was like, yeah, I kind of get that. That's probably why he seemed vaguely familiar. Oh, he was yeah. in he was in Sons of Anarchy, actually. That's where else uh, I've seen him. Okay. I haven't seen that yet. So. Uh, nah, I won't. I won't spoil what he does in Sons of Anarchy. But he's a cool. <laughs> he's a cool. He's a cool, edgy guy in Sons of Anarchy. And there was Michael Malley as well. You know the guy with the bald head and the beard. Yeah. So he was yeah. like um, in charge of the police division, almost or the security. Mm. Um, and he's normally playing like the like comedic foil in most films, and then he was just playing this like super serious character in this. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> did you a nice s- change of pace? You did you notice that the doctor, who is the big guy with the ginger beard, who's been looking after the real the- creep doctor? Yeah, his name's Happy Anderson. And he was in... He's in The New Mutants. Yeah. He's going to be uh, Reverend Craig in The New Mutants. He was also in Mindhunter. He played Jerry Brudos in Mindhunter. And I was like... I, I was Again, he was another one of them where I was like, where have I seen you before? I've seen you in... A, in the beard just meant that I didn't recognise him. But he was also one of the henchmen in Gotham. Yeah, Tweed, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he's been in quite a lot as well. So like I said, I mean, there's quite a lot of good actors in this and also like new actors as well. I'll give you a little bit of a, a hint for what's meant to be coming. Sean Bean is in this. What? Yep, Sean Bean is in this. It doesn't say who his character is, but he is in 10 episodes of this. 
Okay. Hmm. I think he's... See, now that you've said that, I'm expecting another twist. So, like, there was a nice twist in this for anybody that thinks that they know what's going on in this series when you're going into it. Like, it definitely changes a whole lot, and a light... Uh, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but in the film, Ed Helms plays um, Waylon, doesn't he? Ed Helms? Not Ed Helms. God damn it. Um, I was about to say, from The Office. (laughs) (laughs) Not Ed Helms. Ah... Um, I'm gonna have to get up the Snowpiercer cast list now. It's Ed Harris. That's why it's such a close name. So Ed Harris plays Wilford, the head of the train in the film, and I like the way that in this it seems like Wilfred is a group of people, but they're pretending to be like this overarching guy controlling the team, yeah, controlling the train. Yeah. And that was a real interesting twist because now that's got me sucked into this narrative a lot more because I don't know where it's going. We can't assume that's true yet because that might not be legit. That's a big hint. That's what I'm thinking now that you've told me that Sean B might be in this. Well, I'm thinking, is there going to be a twist on a twist on a twist or something? Well, has this been confirmed for another season already? On IMDb, it's got a season two on it. Because I think that's where Sean Bean might be. Because he's okay. in ten episodes from 2021. So, so that will be season Yeah, rewinding a little bit, I think he's going to be in season two. But still, okay. you get Sean Bean in it. Is he going to die? Probably. <laughs> is he gonna get frozen to death and smashed into a million pieces they'll stick his head out of the hole won't they and then smash i think his head i think that's hole. a new one i think we haven't seen him get frozen and shattered yet no <laughs> we've seen uh... him get crushed by a satellite dish um shot to death by arrows pulled apart by horses um... yeah <laughs> literally if you think of a way that somebody could die he's died like that yeah <laughs> did you say the beheading in game of thrones as well beheaded as well there yeah. you go Literally. I think the only thing I've not seen him die in was The Martian. And I think his career died in that instead of him. <laughs> I think that's what we were all saying when we left that film. Yeah, not his acting career, more like <laughs> his uh, his actual career in the film as a scientist or whatever. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So, what were your first impressions of this? Let's 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 compare it a little bit to the film in terms of the vibe. And you enjoyed the film, didn't you? Because I quite enjoyed yeah. the film as well. Now I think the film's incredible. Yeah, the film is incredible. It's very good. Uh, obviously, pacing wise, this is very different. And I think that's what I had to tell myself because for me, the second episode of this just felt really, really slow, and it just felt full yeah. of filler. But you've got to understand that. If you was to try and spread what happens in the film out across, you know, ten episodes or whatever, it's too much. It, it's just gonna be. It's just gonna be full of filler. So I like in this how they introduce and you get more of the the look of the people who repair the carriages when there's something going on, or you've got you know you're building personality, you're seeing more stuff, you're seeing where there's the nightclubs and where they grow the plants and the food and stuff, and you're getting more of an insight into that. You're spending more time looking at it. And it probably makes yeah. it a little bit more... You know, it world builds a lot, this, and I think that's what you've got to do with a TV series, don't you? Yeah, and I feel, I feel like there's also more carriages on this version of the train, maybe. Yeah, it's like over 100, isn't there? Well, I, I think they said like there was 1,001 carriages or something Jeez. like that. As I'm sure there was only like... 101 or something in the film. I'll tell you what, she gets from the front of that train towards the back (laughs) faster 
than yeah. anything I've ever seen in my life. Teleportation, maybe that's what it is. Maybe yeah. it's cloning and there's a different one of her in every carriage. Yeah, every Ooh. like 20 carriages or something, yeah. there's a different so, one of her. The film is very much like we've got two hours to get from the back of the car to the front of the car, and it's the journey, and it's what you're finding out about the people in all these different classes on the way there. Whereas this is taking almost like a... It's taking a murder mystery approach to it. Like, the character of Aaron that gets taken from the back... uh, Sorry, Andre, not Aaron. um, He is a... He's like the only policeman on the train... And he's in the lower class because he just hitchhiked his way on because he was one of the poor people who couldn't afford a ticket. Mm. So they pull him out of the tail end and he's on a murder mystery figuring out these two murders that have happened over the last seven years, which is completely different. And it allows us to hop between the train a bit more, which is interesting because you see in the, like, the class structure a bit more defined like and how they interact and people's like warped like view on the situation and stuff like that a bit more mm, mm. um instead of just like obviously building classes and stuff like that like you're dodging between all the different ones yeah um and it's nice being able to explore his character a lot more they have a lot of reaction shots of stuff because obviously he's been in the tail section for seven years. He hasn't seen the sun. He hasn't tasted food or anything like that in seven years. The amount of times they are literally just hanging on this guy, really, really enjoying something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot but, of that in there. Yeah. I'm not 100% sold on it, but it's enough to keep me intrigued. I'm definitely going to keep watching this at the moment. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep watching it. I think I really enjoyed the first episode. The second episode, like I said, just felt really filler. Like I said, I like the twist where the train carriage got hit. And I like the twist where he's trying to note everything down at the end. I liked that. So I think it's definitely going to get more interesting as it goes along. I think because we've seen the film, we kind of have an idea of what is going gonna come i suppose but i think the show might take a bit of a different different way with it yeah see there's so many twists in the narrative already from the film Mm. that i really can't predict what's gonna happen almost so do you reckon that people that haven't seen the film are probably gonna enjoy this more than what you would if you have seen the film yeah that's exactly what i'm thinking because people i think people are trying to compare it to the film too much and I think the film is a great, like, isolated piece. Uh, and it works really well in its time frame and everything like that. And it achieves a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Whereas this, they're obviously going to have multiple seasons. They're going to have, like, 20 hours plus of this show. They're going to try and explore loads of different, like, nuances and stuff like that. They're already touching on plot lines from the film and stuff, but they're twisting them in different ways. It, it's enough to keep me watching, but people need to now step away from the film i think to enjoy this if they just think about the film the entire time they're not going to enjoy this series no i don't think so i think it's more viewer friendly i don't think it's trying to appeal to serious thinking i think you're taking the world of snowpiercer and banging it together with like a csi show in a sense aren't yeah. you and i think that's yeah, because I'm- you get if you don't enjoy the grim dark of the the Snowpiercer world, at least you you have these detective parts that can keep you interested and keep that plot line going along. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that that the like CSI like 
solving this case doesn't last maybe more than one season or something because like if they just keep giving him different cases to solve and stuff on the train it's not really going to work like i think the most interesting part about like the first episode and stuff was seeing how people reacted to him leaving and then obviously the revolt starting and stuff i think the the stuff that is about class divides as the more interesting subject in this rather than the murder mystery sort of stuff yeah i agree i agree I think it's really 50-50 at the moment. Like, my opinion's really 50-50 on the show. It's enough to keep me watching, but I'm not completely sold on it yet. I feel like I'm getting too many vibes at the moment between these two first two episodes. I feel like I can't tell whether I'm watching something that feels like Hunger Games versus something <laughs> that feels like a gritty Snowpiercer film. And then I'm also getting senses of, like, murder mystery. So... I don't know. I think if it doesn't ground what this series is meant to be over the next few episodes, I might end up falling off. But I think for now, it's different enough where the actual world itself is interesting. The context of what's going on is interesting. And I want to see, out of curiosity, more than anything, about where it takes it, knowing how the film goes. I think maybe there's a lot of room still for the cast to solidify in my mind whether I think they're good or not. But yeah, I mean, more in terms of the main main protagonist, probably. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, let let's let's talk about would we would we watch or would we what would we actually watch this or or bin it. So we're gonna we're gonna move on to a new famous rating section that we're gonna have for. <laughs> this new version of the show uh it's gonna be are we gonna bin it or binge it so in the bin or in the binge list so what do you say chris would you bin or binge this at the moment i would say binge i'm not ready to throw it in the bin yet because i'm still intrigued by the narrative i think if you haven't seen the film and you're going into this completely blind i think people would say binge I think if you're too hung up on the film or maybe even the graphic novel, if you're like a a true artisan, like fan of the original source material, you might bin it off. But Mm. I'm going to say at the moment, binge. Whether I still say binge at the end of the series is a different question. Yeah. So you'd give it more than two episodes before you decide whether you don't watch it anymore. I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair judging. Like I would say binge as well, because... I do think I need to give it more than two episodes because I think it's just started to get the ball rolling now. Yeah, Uh, I think the first episode has to set up a lot and it does quite a bit. Like, I was surprised by it. It felt like the episode went nowhere because they were doing so many things. And then obviously, because that's how a pilot works for a show, isn't it? Like, the first episode needs to hit you and it needs to grab everyone. And then episode two seemed to, like, just fall into the rhythm of this is, like, the pace the show's going to go at. Yeah. So I think that's why it was quite jarring watching episode one and two back to back. It was kind of like it all of a sudden like hit the brakes almost. The train slammed on those brakes. There was a red signal and it was just <laughs> avalanche ahead. <laughs> uh, so so they had to like slow down the pace because this is how the story's going to unfold every episode. So I think episode one is definitely the better episode out of the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So let us know what you think. Have you checked out Snowpiercer? Have you been put off by the reviews of Snowpiercer? And that's why you've not watched it. Um, 
Yeah, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at GetRealPod. Let us know what you'd like to see. Let us know your thoughts on Snowpiercer, how it fares up for you versus the film versus the TV series. You can also hit us up on email at GetRealPodUK at gmail.com if you want to let us know your thoughts there and send in any suggestions for the show. Chris, how can listeners support us? You can support us by leaving us a rate and review on your favourite podcast network, especially Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify. They are the best places to find us. Perfect. And share us with your friends as well. Make sure you, you know, you share us on your socials or if you've got a friend like I have Chris, you know, that might want to check out a cool podcast. Oh, I'll be maybe like, I do. Chris, have you listened to Get Real Pod yet? I've not. Wow, it sounds great. <laughs> Also, did you know that Get Real Pod is available on YouTube? So you can subscribe to us there and like the videos when they go live at 7 o'clock every Monday morning. Oh, my word. No, I've wow. not, I actually don't know whether I subscribe to our YouTube channel. I will have to check. <laughs> You're not one of our four, four subscribers. Damn. No, probably not. But if you do like to listen to stuff in the background on YouTube, we are there as well. And there Definitely. will be video content coming eventually. It's just a bit of a weird time, obviously, with the, you know, with C19 and everything happening. And, you know, me and Chris are still socially distancing. So we're recording this Aye. remotely. So anyway, hope you're all staying safe out there. Thank you very, very much for checking out this podcast and taking the time to listen to it. Let us know thoughts on first impressions as well. Is this something you'd like to see more of? Did you enjoy this little bit shorter version of an episode? And we will see you next time. Thank you very much. See you next time. Choo-choo! I was literally about to choo-choo and (laughs) I didn't think you were going to do it. Beat you to it. Beat you to it. Beat you to it. I'm getting in the first carriage, mate. Bam, 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 bam. Thomas the Tank Engine.